This is an OSV Podcasts production. To learn more about OSV Podcasts Network, visit osvpodcasts.com. FIG Ministry presents the Catholic Influencers Podcast. Join me, Alyssa Aegis, and my co-hosts, Father Rob Gallia and Justine Cumbo, as we break open the upcoming Sunday Mass readings and discuss relevant topics and life issues from a Catholic perspective. For a shorter, more reflective explanation of the Gospels, be sure to check out our sister podcast, Catholic Influences, Father of Galia Homilies. Welcome to another episode of the Catholic Influences podcast. We are powering through the season of Easter. How are you guys? Doing great, mate. How Very good. Yeah. I just- feel like we need to... Um, address the fact that we have a brand new piece of sparkling jewellery sitting on the couch. <laughs> Father Rob has a new earring. <laughs> and we might need to change the intro um, jingle very soon because something exciting happened to you, Justine. Yes, guys. Can to share? Miracles are possible. I got engaged. <laughs> hey, she got engaged. Yay. Yay. Which has been the best. It's been so blissful and wonderful and I cannot thank God enough. It's pretty cool. Highly oh. recommend. Tell me, tell me, how did it happen? Tell How did uh, he propose? Look. Melissa knows the whole story. <laughs> Keep it short. Uh, yeah, yeah. Nah, I thought he was going to propose on Sunday night, but he didn't. And I was real sad <laughs> and let him know about that. Uh, and he just said, be patient, Justine. Trust me. So he, like, he, he knew you were waiting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, last three weeks of my life. <laughs> and then on Monday, I actually hung out with Alyssa and Daniel. We had an awesome gig. Um, we were listening to some cover bands. And then afterwards, he just six o'clock came. He's like, oh, do you want to go for a walk? Watch the sunset. I'm like, sure. <laughs> Rock up. He pays for like 37 minutes of car park. I'm like, it's not going to happen now. And there was no oh, box. No. I was like, it's not going to happen. So there I was. But anyway, he'd taken the ring out of the box when I wasn't looking. Oh. Tip for the guys out there. Fiora. Yes, <laughs> Wondering. Yes, yes, yes. Put it in his pocket. And anyway, we got to a beautiful viewpoint um, of, across Melbourne, looking at the beach and the sunset, and yeah, he stopped and got on one knee. Got on one knee. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, and I cried like a baby. Oh. So, nah, it's just so been good. it's been very very special. So I wasn't sure whether I should message you on Monday night when I was <laughs> here. I was like, oh no. <laughs> no. Um, thank but you. No, very exciting news, and we it are is. very. Happy for both of you. Thank you, thank you. Yes, and congratulations. Thank and we'll, you. and everyone, all of the listeners, please pray pray for yeah, them as well. Oh my gosh, what a privilege. Yeah, thank you. That would be yeah. amazing. I feel like I've hijacked the whole podcast <laughs> no, now. We're so happy. We're very on. excited. <laughs> it's not every day we, we our lives get altered like that. It's not that, every yeah. day we get engaged because yeah. if you did, there'd be a problem. So. <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, so blessings. So we, we pray. Why don't we start this podcast as well? We'll continue this podcast with yeah. a prayer. We'll pray. Um, so we'll pray in the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your love. Thank you that you speak to us. You speak through us. Lord, we invite you into our hearts as we break open your word. We break open the bread of life, your word spoken to us. Lord, thank you for the blessings that have come our way, the ones we've clearly recognized, but those also that we cannot see. Lord, we welcome you into our hearts and we welcome you into this place. Speak, Lord, for we are listening. This production would not be possible without the support of our FRG ministry partners and donors. Your ongoing support ensures that our online masses, online courses, podcasts, TV programs, 
School youth and parish outreaches continue to reach millions of people across the world. Please prayerfully consider giving a one-off donation or becoming an ongoing ministry partner. And join us in our mission to share the love of Jesus and his message of hope to the ends of the earth. Find out more at frgministry.com slash donate. So this upcoming Sunday gospel comes from the Gospel of Luke. It's chapter 24 and it's verses 13 to 35. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognising him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognised him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognised by them when he broke bread. Beautiful reading as well and a beautiful, again, um, the struggle with the glory and the struggle with um, believing in what God had promised, you see, because these disciples were um, in a terrible place where they had put so much hope in God, so much hope in the promise and everyone was talking about it and maybe these guys on their way to Emmaus, maybe they knew Jesus, maybe they followed Jesus, maybe they were disciples of Jesus, but they were certainly followers of Jesus, we know. And as they, they, um, they were disillusioned, okay? So it starts in a place of bewilderment, a place of disillusion. And I love, I love that this whole gospel, this whole reading is about God meeting, meeting us in our doubt, mm. in our rebellion. See, this is what it was. It was a rebellion. They decided, I've had enough of this and I'm going away. I'm, I'm leaving all of this behind. And so many Christians, so many Catholics, you know, they were practicing when they were young and, and, they, and then something happens in their life, a tragedy maybe, 
or maybe uh, and, and they walk away they walk away to the sunset and this is the thing when you walk towards the sunset you're blinded by the sunset i don't know if you ever tried driving towards a sunset it is really difficult to see it's blinding especially in australia you know you're on an open road and there's the sunset it's it almost you you have to just pray that nothing hops up in front of you like to mention our famous kangaroos <laughs> but you uh, you just you just drive and this is what they were doing they were walking and walking walking away in the sunset and they were blinded in that blindness that's where jesus met them yeah it's crazy eh? like i kind of want to talk a little bit about disappointment and be a bit real about that because disappointment can be derailing like mm -hmm. it, it can be such a filled with such strong feelings when you hoped for something at a time or in a certain way, um, it could be big or it could be small. And when you, you feel like it didn't turn out, disappointment can really be, um, yeah, it can derail you, but it doesn't mm. have to. Disappointment can also fortify your faith. It just really depends on how you decide to walk and which direction you decide to walk in. And I, yeah, these guys, um, they were really disappointed, yes. like shattered hopes, like I, completely devastated and probably calling their entire life into question. Mm. I have no doubt that they experienced the truth of Jesus. They were, they literally were face to face with Jesus. Mm. They knew the truth, but seeing him on that cross would have crushed everything. Yes. And, and that disappointment, it sent them 11 kilometer walk, a seven yes. mile walk back home, back to their old life. And I think what popped into my mind as I was sort of praying with this is, uh, where do you? Where do we? Where do I go when I'm disappointed? Yes, yes and I'm going to be honest with you. There's times in my life where I've wanted to walk away, maybe not from God, but from the church. Yes, hundred percent. I have to be transparent with you guys. Yes. And there's times in my life where, you know, I've probably turned to things that do not bring life when I've been disappointed. It's derailed me. But, you know, there are other times in my life where, thank God, I've been able to say, no, I know the truth I've encountered in Jesus. I will not walk in the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. I will keep walking through the valley. And, you know, you feel it minute by minute when mm. you're walking through this valley of trying to trust. But, um, you know, I think it's a good question to ask and, and not by in an accusatory way, but just to check your heart, you know, yes. where, where do I go? What do I do when I'm disappointed? And it might not be like running away completely, but could be running away to, again, like I often like to mention is running away to your addictions, to yes. your habits, mm. to yes. your, your anger, to your frustration, rather than to God. Where do you turn to? Who do you turn to first? Yeah. Do you turn to um, gossip first or do you turn to yeah. or maybe there's a big rebellion you know you've had gone through a breakup and um, I don't know your boyfriend your girlfriend you used to practice your faith together and now because you're broken up you're thinking no my faith reminds me too much of him of her and so mm -hmm. I've, I've walked away and so who are, who are you following where you like Jesus meets us there and says come back to me come mm -hmm. back to me yeah. and he walks with us mm -hmm. um, and I feel like maybe one way we can uh, I guess, react to disappointment and choose to react to disappointment is to perhaps think maybe God has a divine purpose here that he's preventing me from seeing at this moment. Mm -hmm. And this is what happened to the disciples. As you said, Justine, they're walking that 11-mile trip back to um, Emmaus. Um, and Jesus is literally walking next to them. And yes, he is meeting them where they are. But at the same time, God is preventing their eyes from recognizing yes. him. We can we read this in the scripture here. Um 
And he's doing this because there is a divine purpose. And that divine purpose is to reveal Jesus through the scriptures and through the breaking of the bread, which would happen later on um, after that walk. And it's in those moments through the opening of the scriptures and in the breaking of the bread that their eyes will be opened. And I think if we can bring this down to moments in our lives, there can be so many times when God is right in front of us. Mm. And we don't understand what's going on. We expected something to happen. It didn't happen. We prayed this novena and we thought for sure this is the time it's going to happen. Um, this is when he will propose. That's yeah. Honestly, I, play, I prayed a 54-day rosary novena about nine years ago. So I'm getting, getting the Novena is nine days, so it's 54 yeah. days. It's not a novena. Um, it's, it's, an ex- ex- it's an extra. Six novenas. Six, six novenas. I got my maths wrong. Okay. Okay. Continuously. It's, le- it's legit. And it's very no, I, no, I believe it's legit, but it's like, uh, seriously, that's the fruit of the prayer. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Elizabeth. Back to my point. <laughs> Maybe we don't understand what's going on, right? Um, now, Again, it could be a lack of faith on our part, but it could also be God may be preventing our eyes from recognizing him because there's a divine purpose that he's going to reveal at a later time. And if this is happening to Jesus' disciples who were literally face-to-face with him um, at the time he was on this earth, what's not to say that it's going to happen to us as well? Mm -hmm. Yes. And again, why don't we recognize Jesus sometimes? You know, he's right there. And when we're walking away, it's hard. And we pray, God, why aren't you here? Where are you? Where have you been all this time? And he's just, you know, the footsteps in the sand story. You know, Mm. I am right here. And if you feel distant from God right now, and you feel God is a million miles away, it's not that God is a million miles away. It's that our hearts are a million miles away from where God is. God is right there, but you are not present even in your own moment. And because you're not present in your own moment, you cannot be present for God because God is present in our moment. And I, again, this is a, where we need to just stop, just stop on your walk to Emmaus and just knock at the door of, of the church, you know, come to come back to this place of peace, this place of hope, because God hasn't left. He hasn't left. All you need to do is to stop, just let's stop and he, he will catch up with you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is where, um, anyway, and so this is where God meets them. God meets them in this beautiful confusion. And I say beautiful confusion because I believe that sometimes when we are confused, when we are lost, we can stop being the boss and allow God to be the boss, you know, and say, hey, um, in the, and he, he made sense of this confusion. And w- we see this also in our own journey, you know, the moments, I look back in my own journey, the moments that have been, were the most confusing in my life, were later to be discovered to be the moments that were to become pedestals in my life for, yeah. for, for my own spiritual journey, for ministry. Yeah. And so the moments where things were falling apart yeah. were actually moments where thing God was building. Yeah, and it's like kind of reminds me of that annoying quote, hindsight is twenty twenty that people yes. say, but goodness me, like that is a spiritual reality. Like, mm. you know, I just look back over the last 10 years of my life and it doesn't feel like it when you're in it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, have hope um, that, you know, when you are on that little bit of a mountaintop looking back over to this time in your life, which at one point in your life will be 10 years ago, mm-hmm. you will see, you will see that there was a purpose to it all. And it's just hold fast to the truth. Um, and a cool scripture that I was reminded of was from Ephesians, where it says, our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. Romans 8, 13. Oh, Romans Sorry, I said 12, Ephesians. Eight. Oh, Rom- Rom- <laughs> Romans 8. 
I don't know. You it could fact, be Ephesians. Facts check us. No, no, sorry, sir. No, Romans 8 is, is, is different. God uses every situation for the good of those who love well, him. Sorry, amen. sorry, sorry, sorry. But, but kind of have hope. Yeah. Like yeah. out of your situation, God is doing something that is exceedingly abundantly above all mm. you could ask, think, yes. or imagine. Always. Speaking of looking back at events, I'm going to take our minds to the feeding of the 5,000, which happened in Luke's gospel. And when I was researching this, lots of firecrackers were going off when Alyssa's brain just thinking, <laughs> wow, I'm having such a great time. <laughs> there are so many parallels between the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 and the breaking of the bread that happens at Emmaus. Um, so... The disciples reach their destination at Emmaus and they invite this stranger who they're walking with to stay with them. And at this point, the day was almost over. Mm-hmm. Now, if we look back at the feeding of the 5,000, the day was drawing to a close. So again, both of these events are happening at the end of the day. Jesus sits with the disciples at the ta- at table at Emmaus. The 5,000 were asked to sit down. And then what did Jesus do? He repeated these same four actions. He took bread, said the blessing, broke it and gave it to them. Did this at Emmaus and he did this... Um, at the feeding of the 5,000 as well. Now, a really important point, I guess, in recognizing Jesus, straight after the feeding of the 5,000, Peter recognizes Jesus as the Messiah. And at Emmaus, after these actions again, the disciples recognized who he was. Um, so we know Jesus instituted the Eucharist at the Last Supper. Now, the feeding of the 5,000, it foreshadows the Last Supper, but the breaking of the bread at Emmaus looks back to this event. So really amazing connections between mm-hmm. the three. So. Yes, and uh, beautiful. And then exactly, this is where we recognize Jesus when Mm -hmm. we stay close to the Eucharist in our desperation, staying close to the sacraments and staying close to Jesus. And um, I also love um, the the lack of imposition, you see, that Jesus makes. You know, he he was walking across this road, he's walking on this road, and he pretends or he makes that he was going to keep on walking. And this is the way God works in us. You know, he doesn't impose himself on us. And we might be, even in our place of desperation, God's not going to pin you to the floor and say, no, listen to me, I'm here. <laughs> no, you have to stop. You have to invite him in. And you have to invite him in even when you're blinded by the sunset, even when you're, you don't know where you're going, even though you don't recognize where Jesus is. Just stop and invite him into your heart. Invite him into the situation. Invite him into the anger, the frustration, the desperation. You see, and when you invite God, God is able to work. He does not impose himself on us. He always, as he did in Emmaus, he always waits for an invitation. And he's still, even in your life, waiting for an invitation. And we just, um, before, while we're discussing this, we're talking about an image. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen the image of, of Jesus standing at the door and knocking. Now, many people see this image, and maybe I can show it here um, for those of you who are um, watching on YouTube but uh, this image you see this uh, and uh, there are many images like this and if you notice they have one thing in common none of them have a handle on the outside so Jesus cannot turn the hinge and go in it's always the door can only open from the inside Mm. and this is what God did at Emmaus he he knocked at the door he made as if he was going on he gave them the opportunity to invite him and they did and then he came in and he sat at the table with them and he gave them this, like the feeding of the 5,000s and then with the 5,000 as well. And then they were sent home after. And so these, these guys as well were sent yeah. home to rush off um, and to, to share the gospel. I, I often say this and I, I say, I question your encounter with God if 
you don't have a desire to share it with others. Yeah. If you don't have an urgency, a restlessness to share it with others. And this is, again, a situation where they experienced the love of God and they ran back to Jerusalem, ran back, not, n- not walked back. They walked away, they ran back. Jesus, um, John the Baptist, uh, not John the Baptist, jo- John, um, experiences, um, the, even the women, they run back to the disciples. Mm-hmm. John runs back. And it's always a running after you have the encounter of the resurrection. Yeah, totally. And don't forget, like the day was drawing to a close. It was pretty much nighttime. Yeah. And they had just arrived back to Emmaus after an 11 kilometer walk. And they're like, nah, we can't even wait till the morning. We're not going to yes. wait. We're going to go now. At night. Like, uh, yeah. At night, in the, you know, under the cover of, you know, the danger sometimes of, of the night and stuff being tired. Like I got more energy. We're going to go back and share. And I just think that's incredible. Like we mm-hmm. never encounter Jesus and stay the same ever. That's right. Absolutely. Maybe just one final point. I just want to make a note of, the connection between the word and the Eucharist. So we see in this passage that um, Jesus is recounting scripture verses to the disciples and then he follows um, that by the breaking of the bread. Where do we see the opening of the scriptures followed by the breaking of the bread? We see it in the mass. We see it in the liturgy of the word followed by the liturgy of the Eucharist. Now, if you want to learn more about those um, specific parts of the mass and what happens during each and every gesture and action, Mm. We have a course for that. Check out our mass course, encountercourses.com um, forward slash subscription. But p- the late Pope Benedict XVI also commented on this connection between the word and the Eucharist. And um, just to paraphrase a little bit about what he said, he said, we can't understand one without the other. The Eucharist opens us to an understanding of scripture, just as the scripture for its part illumines and explains the mystery of the Eucharist. So there's always a connection between the word of God and um, the Eucharist. Holyart.com is the very first Italian online business 100% dedicated to religious items, church supplies and Catholic gifts. Discover over 60,000 items made in Italy and ready to be shipped anywhere in the world. Visit holyart.com today and use the code OSV20 to receive 20% off an order. This week we're going to talk about three ways that we can recognize Jesus. So um, I think the first two are quite obvious um, and the third point I'll bring out as well. So number one, through the sacraments. We can recognize Jesus in all the sacraments. They're visible signs of God's grace. Um, In baptism, Jesus is present through the power of the Holy Spirit who cleanses the person being baptized from original sin and welcomes them into the church. In the sacrament of confession, Jesus Jesus is present through the priest who administers the mercy of God to those who ask for it. Um, I'm not going to go through all of them, but the Eucharist particularly, um, Jesus instituted this at the Last Supper because he wanted a way for his disciples to recognize him after he was gone from this earth. Now, we read about in the gospel today mm-hmm. that after this, um, the breaking of the bread at Emmaus, Jesus disappeared. And shortly after that, he ascended into heaven. But the Eucharist is where his disciples can continue to recognize him. And it's where we can recognize him as well. So we need, of course, to stay close to the sacraments. And this is, again... You don't have to, your life doesn't have to be perfect. And this is the beautiful thing on the road to Emmaus. In their mess, they had the Eucharist, the breaking of the bread. They didn't Mm. go back, reconcile with God and make sure everything was perfect. I'm not talking about uh, being a mortal sin. We're not, let's not get into that. Mm -hmm. But it's about in their mess, in their confusion, in their lack of sight still, they approached God in the Eucharist. And so it's the same with us. Awesome. Number two, through scripture. We know scripture is the inspired word of God. It's living and active, as it says in Hebrews 4.12. Um, 
We can particularly recognise Jesus in the Gospels. We have his words, his actions, his encounters with others. We discover his identity as the Son of God. Um, But I think what I love is how he interacted with people. And I think these encounters can speak directly into our lives. Now, in terms of this, um, the Eucharist and Scripture, Again, we get both of these at Mass. One thing I try and pray if I get to Mass early on time is, God, please help me to recognize you um, through your word and mm. through the Eucharist. Um, and there's other ways that Jesus is present as well, <laughs> which you can learn about in our Mass course. <laughs> um, so number two, Scripture. Um, and number three, through acts of service. So I think when people show us compassion, forgiveness, kindness, they're imitating Jesus. They're being his hands and feet. Um, and we can recognize Jesus in in the acts of service that are done towards us, but we can flip this around with how we serve others as well. So we believe Jesus is present in every person and when we serve others, we can recognise Jesus in those that we serve. So this is us putting our faith into action and truly living out the gospel. So there's three ways to recognise Jesus, the Eucharist, uh, the sacraments, scripture and through acts of service. Yes. Amen, um, sister. <laughs> that's very good. And uh, today someone sent me a message and saying, Father Rob, um, I, I really want to love Jesus more. What, what can I do? What can I do to love me, Jesus more? And I said, spend more time with him, you know, mm. spend more time with him. And so again, this is in the Eucharist, in the word, in understanding and recognizing Jesus and also in serving others, spend more time with him. If you're busy, too busy to spend time with Jesus, spend, like Mother Teresa used to say, spend even more time with Jesus. Mm, yeah. We can't afford not to spend time with him. Mm-hmm. Amen. So thank you so much for joining us for this um, this time of um, discussion on the Word of God. As you've listened to the Word of God, pay attention at Mass, listen to what the priest is saying, and try and educate the, your priests as well by sending them the link to this podcast so they can prepare <laughs> for their homily. Sheet, you know? <laughs> yeah, they have They'll their homily love ready. It. They'll <laughs> love it. If you've enjoyed it as well, not only share it with your priests, share it with your friends, your family, share it with everybody. Um, we're on TikTok now. So find us on TikTok <laughs> yes. um, at Catholic Influencers. You can find us on all the social media platforms. Just find those links at our website, catholicinfluencerspodcast.com. If you're interested in learning about the mass, encountercourses.com forward slash subscription. What else? And then they send us your feedback, ratings as well. Important. Vote for this. Like give us five stars. Or six. No, five. <laughs> five stars. Five, six, six, whatever stars it goes to. <laughs> Thank you to OSV as well, who um, support this podcast as well. We're grateful for them, for their support of this. Um, and we're grateful because this podcast is growing and growing and growing. We're it so is. grateful. You Very guys exciting. are all part of the family. Yeah. We're loving it. And we can't wait to hear about the wedding plans. We'll see you <laughs> next week. <laughs> see you next week. God Bye. bless. This has been a production of OSV Podcasts. To learn more, visit osvpodcasts.com.